The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Here's Scott and Jess. <laughs> Want to welcome you guys to the podcast today. We have an interesting topic, and um, Jess will get into that with you in a minute. But first, why don't we just go ahead and give us the tip of the day? All right, we're going to do the quirky tip of the day. <laughs> The quirky tip of the day, and I haven't even picked it up yet because it just shipped out and uh, arrived at my employee's house, is if you're having bee problems, this is the time of year where we start to have some bee trouble, Peppermint Wonderside is my go-to for that. So I like Wonderside as a product because it's safe for the dogs and safe for kids and everything else. But I always had the little squirt bottle from Amazon that, and it was, Scott knows, I'm not good at spray painting, but also hard on my fingers. It was too much, you know, squirting. So it smells good too. That's another nice feature. It does smell good, but it's great for the bees. It's like my solution for bees, peppermint, and the peppermint Wonderside specifically. So if you go to Wonderside.com, you can order a big one and then hook it up to your hose and everything else. It was weird. Wonderside.com wouldn't ship to Maine for some reason. So it's sitting in mass waiting for me, but peppermint Wonderside, for your bee issues. Maine has very strict regulations. I guess. I know. I don't know. Maine seems pretty chill about everything else, but they get weird about this one. It is a nice fringe benefit, though, if your dog pees on gravel. Yeah. It's kind of where your barbecue area is. And it can be on grass, too. It's not going to kill the grass. The yeah. Wonderside is good. It just freshens up the smell out in that yeah. area. So Peppermint Wonderside is my quirky tip today. We good. are pulling a podcast. What does um, that mean, pulling a podcast? Like pulling a punch? We've never done this before. We actually already have it pulled. So, um... We did a podcast, I don't know, a few months back um, on a specific rescue in the area. It was Critter Calvary Rescue. And the girl that we did it with, I was, she was a very sweet person and everything else. But I, I just, I, I didn't feel right. We heard a story about this specific um, group from well, a guy, I'll, a client called. I got called. a call. I'll yeah. tell you what happened. Yeah. I, I got a call, you know, just a few weeks after the podcast from an older gentleman in New Hampshire that said, I just rescued a dog. I've had the dog for two days. And I was just getting out of the car with the dog. The dog got loose, ran, and bit my neighbor really badly. And I said to him, geez, were you aware that this dog had some aggression issues? He said, no, I didn't know anything. It came straight from the, the previous owner to me and, so, and in the south and all this stuff. And I said, well, rather than doing some training, you may want to just get this dog, you know, now that it bit a human, it's a whole different ball of wax and you've only had the dog for two days. The guy's like 75 years old. Yeah. And it was a bad bite. The neighbor yeah. was an elderly so, gentleman and had to get stitches. It was a bad bite. You know, I didn't want the dog to go back to the rescue because I thought they're going to put he, that dog he somewhere was being else. Pretty, it's going to bite somebody yeah, else. He was being pretty responsible about it also. So I advised him to put the dog down and I hate to, to say that, but there are some people, there are some dogs that I wind up having that conversation with the people. And if they tell me, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm going to keep the dog and I want you, I need help. I'll work with a dog that has some aggression issues. If I can actually take the leash and work with the dog, they know what they're dealing with. But if they just got the dog yeah. and the dog already bit someone badly, that's not, you don't want to be 
keeping that dog, you're going to have a lot of problems. And the know? dog came from this organization. And I guess what rubbed me the wrong way was yeah, so it I was asked supposed him, to be, it said, was supposed to be a foster um, before it comes up and then a foster when it gets here situation. With evaluations and, and all over the place. And I didn't necessarily like the fact that he was in communication with the previous owner because now they're giving him, you know, kind of the sad story about, oh, well, I went through a divorce and it was hard for me and the dog's just adjusting and everything else. And that should be neither here nor there for this owner. So it's not, um, I wrote them and they said, give me a buzz, but I wanted more things through email and everything else. So it it could be fine. There are some things on the Better Business Bureau um, that I went back and I looked at. We just try to provide a lot of integrity and authenticity on this podcast. And I don't want someone to hear that podcast and then think, oh, okay, well, this is great. Scott and Jess, you know, think it's a good situation. I like what they have to say. Yeah. um, And then have an issue. So that's, that's, just my personal stance at this point. We are not going to be endorsing any specific rescue because there's a lot going on with rescue. And I, I, it, it's not always going to be a situation that is going to go poorly and everything else, but a lot of the dogs have anxiety and it is great to save animals. It really is. But this adopt, don't shop mentality is getting a little bit extreme to the point where it's this fringe animal rights kind of group and some crazy stuff is happening and there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of money and everything else. And people so it's, are paying just as much yes, for a rescue these days as if they got a purebred puppy. It's true. It's an you expensive can, thing. Yeah, I mean, people are paying at least 400 bucks yeah. to rescue a dog that came up on a bus from the south, you know, from a Yeah, and a we van. have the issue here, and this was the situation with this rescue and a lot of rescues around us where we're taking these dogs from the south and we're bringing them to New England. And I don't know if it's because, you know, we're trying to save the world and we're more of a liberal part of the country. I don't know what the reasoning is, but Scott has even talked about before, wouldn't it be great if we, like, didn't have rescues allowed to cross state lines necessarily? Like, let's deal with all of our own problems yeah, within empty, our own state. Empty the you know the dogs that are in these yeah. uh, places here in in state. Yeah, rather a ton than of dogs that bringing them up right here. Yes, and everything else. And there's always going to be some odd stories that pop up. I mean, this is a bleeding issue. I really personally want to help this issue um, the most I possibly can. I was even going to start a dog rescue reviews site. That was something that I've been pretty passionate about and everything else. And I'm kind of in between web people. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm doing another thing where it's just kind of nonprofit and I'm looking for sponsors and everything else. But honestly, at this point, I had so much backlash a few weeks ago on the internet from a post that I put up about medications that I, I cannot even handle the strong emotions that are going to be coming up from the people in rescue. I, I, I like, I personally can't be responsible for that, for a bad review and all of this backlash and everything else. And it can get really nasty and really ugly. And uh, Susan Garrett, we had her on the podcast about a year ago. She's doing this big masterclass again uh, around the same time about, you know, promoting her training and everything else. And she said the other day that when people attack online, you kind of shut down. And I kind of had that response as it relates to all this stuff, because I really wanted to get this going and I really wanted to help the issue. But at this point, like I can't put myself out there to take the backlash because there's a lot of medication that goes on in these rescues. There's a lot of high emotions in these rescues. And to me, there's some unethical stuff that happens. And I, I want that exposed for people's sake that are going to be doing the rescuing, but I also cannot take the personal emotional backlash that comes with the, all of these people getting upset by being called out, I guess is the bottom line. So this goes deeper. And we had a rescue podcast very early on in our podcast. Um, and we talked about some things at that point, it was our most successful podcast. And there are things to consider and to look for. And we see a lot of rescues in our business. And 
when they show up with human aggression, sometimes it's disclosed human aggression. I don't necessarily understand. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Know why that dog would keep working its way through the system if it has yeah. a history of biting humans. Yeah. Another thing to, to look at that I that we've seen many times with dogs that have come in for boarding and training because of their behavior, which that's what we do for a living and happy to do it. But the paperwork that came with that dog yes. doesn't match the dog. It's not the same color. It's not even near the same age. It's like, it's not the same paperwork. It's just paperwork that goes along with this dog, but it isn't the right dog for the paperwork. Yeah. And know? this is not a, oh my gosh, you're going to go get a dog from a breeder or get a purebred. I mean, nowadays you don't even get a purebred. It's not even about doodles. We have boxers and kids yeah, getting bred. I just saw I a mean, dog the other night and uh, I look at the dog and <laughs> Scott's I'm like, like what, what is it? <laughs> what is this? A rescue? Oh no, I got a dog from a breeder. Yeah. So what is it? It's a pit bull boxer mix. Yeah intentionally bred. That's the, what the breeder is doing. People are doing a lot of so, crazy things. And sometimes it's for the benefit of, you know, dogs. And sometimes it's not. More often, it seems like it's not these days. But it's not about look for a breeder, get a purebred, get a rescue that's local. What, what, it's it's know what you're getting. Yeah. And don't try to be the hero here in this situation because... And well, I... Go ahead. Some people are compelled to rescue the most pathetic animal they can find. And that's, and know, that's who they are as people, and that's fine yeah. for them. That, that doesn't have to be everyone's journey because it can complicate your lives when you, know, you already have multiple kids and everything else, and you're kind of undergoing more than you thought. It's kind of almost a little bit of psychological trauma too. So just know what you're getting yourself into. And this adopt, don't shop phrase just has such a buzz to it. And like, no, I'm all about like, we love rescues and rescue's great and everything else, but the adopt don't shop movement was very politically driven. And it was a push from PETA and all of this stuff way long, long ago. So just you, you do your feel, research. And you shouldn't feel guilty showing up at a puppy class with yes. a purebred dog. Yes. I've had people that have told me they felt like they told me they rescued this purebred dog from a pet store. And so in their mind, they, they still call it a rescue because they said, oh, I just couldn't leave the dog there. I feel like I, I rescued it from the pet store. You know, I mean, people feel guilty about, and I'm not saying you should go to a pet store. I don't think that's <laughs> the right way to, to get a dog. But, just, get a, I mean, just get a cat, goddammit, the, you know, the quirky cat podcast. If you're going to get a dog from, here's the thing that I have found is that people, when they want a dog, they want a dog right then. So they call, they find a, the, you know, a good breeder. And there's always a wait. There's going to be a six-month yeah. wait. And, and they're like, oh, is, I don't, I don't want to wait. So, so I went yes. on Pet Finder and I found just what I wanted. Yeah. And they ship it up and it turns out to be not, not what they really not wanted. Not the best. Yeah, not the best situation. All right, we're going to go to break real quick. And then we're going to unpack this a little bit more. Does your dog seem anxious? Would you like your dog to relax? Do you want to feel more in control? Would you like your dog to cooperate? HowToCalmYourCanine.com That's HowToCalmYourCanine.com I want to talk a little bit, too, about um, the people that are kind of at the head of a lot of these organizations. And um, it seems like they have very good intentions. And I'm not saying anything negative about that. I don't think it's for profit. Like they really do want the best for the dog, but sometimes it seems like the reality of what they want isn't necessarily going to be the reality of that dog or how it's going to end up or what the future is going to look like and everything else. And it is hard. Like that rescue industry is a hard industry because sometimes dogs shouldn't be making it out. And like I said in the last segment, like I really don't understand how when you say to an owner, oh yeah, the dog's bit three people, 
But, you know, they disclose that. And then the owner says, OK, but then like, why is that dog even getting back out on the streets? Like, I, I truly at this point where we're at with the amount of dogs we see with issues, I don't understand how that's happening. But it is. And I guess some people believe in that and no kill shelters and everything else. But the people that are doing this, a lot of these people have very, very, very good intentions. But this save them all philosophy is not necessarily plausible, nor is it helping the whole systemic problem. No, I mean, there was a big article uh, last year on that um, place in Long Island, the big rescue organization. Oh, in New York? It was a no-kill shelter yeah. in Long Island. I think it's the I don't biggest know. Was one it in Long the country. Island? Yeah, it was down okay. in Long Island. It had the biggest, it's the biggest facility in the country for this uh, to be a no-kill shelter. And what happened was the employees started going, like whistleblowers went to the yeah. news because they were dealing with aggressive dogs. They were, they were placing aggressive dogs in people's homes. They knew it wasn't the right thing to do. The employees were getting bit. They were afraid to go to work. And what happens in a no-kill shelter is if they're not killing the dogs um, that should be put down, the dogs that should be put down, they're not doing that because it goes against the whole philosophy of why they created this place. You wind up eventually with a completely full facility of dogs that really shouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then those dogs just keep kind of getting rotated out because they're, you know, and... And they come back and then they go back out and they come back. It's brutal because these dogs are biting kids. They're doing crazy things. And if you rescue, if you, the dog gets adopted out that's aggressive and it bites a kid and then that person who was the guy that got the hot potato, they put the dog down. It doesn't reflect back on the rescue because that dog just got adopted out. Yeah, but there's a ton of heartbreak with the family and now the kid could be traumatized for life and everything else. So it's just... And that was even worse because now we're talking about not disclosing the aggression. That's a whole nother echelon of like hiding it. And that was a big news story. And it was, I don't remember the name of it, but it was North Animal something or whatever. Um, But that was a huge story that broke. And the employees themselves and the news and everything else covered that widely. You can go look that up. But if they are disclosing the aggression and you think, oh, it's okay, I can deal with it. And oh, my dog was a little bit snarky before. Like you, you already have a big hill to climb here when you're getting a new dog, especially a dog that you don't know the history of ever everything else. If there's known human aggression there, just pass. Just take a pass. It doesn't matter what the dog looks like. It doesn't matter how cute the dog's eyes are. It doesn't matter if it looks just like the dog that you had when you were a little kid, and this is going to be what fixes everything in your life. Just do not move forward with an outwardly human aggressive dog that has aggression already on its history. And And this is happening frequently. Even even dogs with extreme anxiety. I mean, a lot of people are much more compassionate towards a dog with anxiety because many people these days have anxiety. We've gone through a lot of turmoil over the past year and a half, two years. There's a lot of people that are dealing with their own anxiety. So the way they hear that this rescue has some anxiety, they can identify with that. They have compassion towards that. They can empathize with that. But Extreme anxiety is a whole new ball game. Yeah. That's a dog that you can never leave alone. You go to work, you go see, you want to go out to grocery shop, you come home, the dog has torn the whole friggin' house apart. Yeah. I mean, it's defecated everywhere. It's just crazy. It's chewing the walls up. That's a whole nother issue. And that's, they say, well, yeah, the dog has anxiety. Well, yeah. what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't do anything except sit and pet this dog or it goes crazy. You it's know? true. And they do go through a lot of emotional backlash, some of these rescues and everything else. And sometimes we're diagnosing them with PTSD and we're doing all this stuff. But the bottom line is, is that all of that emotional load becomes your issue to deal with. And we're talking about a dog that may take a really long time to settle a dog that it's just the same thing they say with relationships. If you're a type A, maybe you shouldn't marry a type A. 
I kind of have a more of a border collie personality. A lot of my uh, dog training friends are like, you shouldn't own border collies. It's way too much. Like, you know, you, d- you don't necessarily want the same energy there. So if you have, you know, anxiety yourself, maybe get a dog that's a little more chill, a little more hands-offish, a Shiba Inu, a bulldog, something that might be a little more, um, you know, independent. That might be a good way of saying it. So just because you can identify with something doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best fit. And you never know if it's going to be a great fit or not. I was going to say, if you have kids and you get a rescue, regardless of what they tell you, you want to treat that rescue like a puppy. It's a new dog to your home. It needs supervision. You don't just let the kids roll around on the floor with it. I mean, I had these things happen all the time. And of course, we hear the worst of it because we're dog trainers. So people call, call us, us to fix when it. the shit has hit yeah. the fan. That's when they call us. I had a lady call me with a Rottweiler, a beautiful dog. And she said, you know, we want to get some training. The dog is really dominant, real strong, but we love him. And I set the appointment for about five days from that phone call. And the day before that phone call, she called me and said, the dog just bit my boyfriend in the face. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, I mean, I was going to be there the next day. What happened? And the guy was on the floor with this Rottweiler with a tug toy, going crazy, getting the dog all worked up, and the dog was biting, and then it just grabbed the guy right by the face, and he had to get all stitches in his face. And I said, well, obviously you want to cancel the appointment for tomorrow. I figured you're going to put the dog down. She goes, oh, no, no, we want you to come and evaluate the dog. And I said, well, for what purpose? You know, I'm, uh, she said, we just, you know, we just think he's a great dog, and we want you to come. I said, okay. I went. I worked with the dog. The dog was great. But the dog had a very low tolerance for friggin' idiocy. Yeah. And, and they had kids. Yeah. They had kids and, that were coming every weekend. And they weekend. felt bad. And he even knew. It was like, yeah, it was probably because, not yeah, the best situation was my to fault. put the dog in. Yeah. So yeah, but now you have a dog that bit a guy in the face that needed stitches. What are you going to do with this dog? You yeah. can't, you're going to keep this dog with, with your kids? Yeah. No. And I do want to say, just as a blanket statement... If something like that does happen, it's unethical at this point to return the dog to the rescue. Yeah, I mean, even if they'll take it back, some people don't disclose it or something else. I mean, the best thing to do in that situation is to take on the behavioral euthanasia yourself, and that is a horrible decision to make, and it's an awful leap to take, and it's a huge thing. But that really is the best thing for the dog and other people in the society, because as Scott mentioned, these hot potatoes. This isn't necessarily something that you want to catch or you want your family to catch or, you know, these, your kids and everything else. And this is not, we said this when we did our original rescue podcast, this is not that a rescue is going to be an automatic fail. And like I said, it's not like a purebred or a freaking doodle or anything else is going to be an automatic anything, but do your research, know what you're dealing with, go through some reviews with, if you can talk to people from that rescue, talk to people who have rescued animals from that rescue and any rescue that's going to lock you into like a, you should do it this way, or you shouldn't do it this way, or the dog needs this or something else. That's not their business to talk about how the dog should be trained or what you should do with the animal or anything else. Their only business is to get a dog into your household that will hopefully be a loving family member. So when there's all these exclusions and red tape, that should be a warning sign also, as far as I'm concerned. And especially when they have all these exclusions in red tape, except they have this one dog that you can take tomorrow. (laughs) And I swear to God that we've been in that situation where people have jumped through hoops, trying to get approved. People come out and look at their house. Oh, it's not fenced high enough. Just that like, holy shit, you know, what do I got to go through to get a dog from you? But then a month later, they come up, we have a dog that the foster just can't keep this dog anymore. And we know you want a dog. So if you want, you can come see this dog. And if it's a good fit, you can take the dog. 
that dog's a friggin' pain in the ass. Yeah. That's why they're calling you. And you know, and you're like, oh, it's not like you're waiting to adopt a child and they say, finally, you're up on the list. Or you're waiting for a new liver. Finally, you're up on the <laughs> It's not like that. If they're going to get you a dog real quick, there's probably something going on there. You should back up and, and think about it a little yeah. more. You and know? there's emotion involved. We all want animals. We're excited that animals are going to come. This is a, a whole thing. But you really need to sit there and take a deep breath and follow your gut intuition as far as like, okay, like, does it feel right? Is the time frame correct? Can you meet the animal? Is it just going to get shipped up here and then be yours and your responsibility? Just know what you're getting yourself into. And again, this is nothing specifically against that organization. I just do not want to promote something that where you now have heard Scott and Jess or say that that's a great setup and fostering and everything will be great. And then you get a dog and now it's been an issue for your family. Because when we heard that story and it hit so close to home, when the guy mentioned the name Critter Calvary Rescue, I'm like, well, crap. I don't want that to be yeah. something that people do because of us. And I think we probably, uh, half the dogs we train are rescue. When you 100%. Say, if not more. And they, and they work out fine. And they can do just fine. But they, they need can be training. Just, yes. They yes. have, you know, a lot of uh, typically Any dog needs issues. training, but yeah. you're not starting with an eight-week-old puppy and kind of forming it into what you want. You're, there's baggage there, and you have to fix that baggage. You gotta, you gotta, it's, they got to go through a brainwashing of there's a new way of life here. It's not like it used to be. Yeah. And really, it's almost like you're just teaching them to be normal. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know how else to better say that, but it's just a dog that is going darting here, there, everywhere, you know, shaking, never been crated before. Like you're just teaching them like, that's okay. Like this is how a normal dog is. And and then when they do like experience normalcy, all of a sudden they have a big sigh of relief. They feel pretty good. They like it. That, yeah. that feels good to them. So um, uh, not meaning to go on and on about it. And again, rescue is fine if that's what you are heading towards and everything else. But know your organizations, do your research, and ideally talk to other people that have rescued from there. Get in those groups again and talk to these people. Hey, yeah, I got a dog from there. It was great. There was support. Don't let them box you into this little corner that like you can't do this with the dog and the dog only needs this and yada, yada, yada. What would be nice is if you could like with children, you could foster that would be a dog. great yeah and that's you know when you adopt children quite often it's a foster situation to see how it goes you can yep. take this kid and and uh and that happens and a lot six of times. months or a year later you wind up adopting the child yep. you know i have a, an uncle who adopted three girls and that's the way they did it they the kids were in an emergency situation they needed a home he said i want kids and him and his wife took on this immense responsibility of these children and um, then later they adopted them. Yeah. So, and if the rescue allows fostering, that's a great way to do it. And going with the intention that you're really going to be unbiased here and you're going to give it a good, you know, three, four weeks or whatever. And you're not going to just get emotionally caught up, but you'll get a good idea easier, of what you're getting. Easier said than done. Yes. I tell you, people get a dog in their house for 24 hours. <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'll die before this dog leaves my home. <laughs> I don't care if it needs surgeries and it has to be on IV fluids the rest of its life. We'll do it. We'll, we'll set up this wing for this dog. Live and let live. We love you guys and we support you guys, but just do your research about these things because the dog is a commitment. We're not talking, you know, a six month thing here. It's easily a 10 to 15 year commitment. Start with a guinea pig. If you do well with the guinea <laughs> so pig, know what you're getting yourself. Know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. If you need anything from us, you have any questions, you can email us at studio at the And in the meantime, keep it quirky. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.